Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue. Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here to discuss Vocal Girl Makes Good, season four, episode 17, which is not available on Paramount Plus, uh, is available on DVD if you get the season four DVDs, and uh, aired January 25th, 1974. However, before we start talking about the episode, I'm going to share with you, Garrett, a 30-second interview with a comedian named Dave Juskow, who's, I don't think, that well-known, but is a working comedian. Um, I listened to, on Sirius XM, the Jim and Sam show, which is one of their talk shows. I've been part of the opening Anthony uh, legacy, for those people listening to this who know what I'm talking about. And um, I was listening to just them talking to this comedian because I listened to the show and um, I edited some comments he made regarding uh, buying pot and gambling. And it'll show you that the odd couple is actually a bad influence on people. So here is our, oh, I always is, knew that here's a 35 seconds of that. I can't, I was, uh, I, I can't believe yeah. I have to still do the cloak and dagger to get weed where I, you know, I'm like, hello, hello, Goldilocks, this is Papa Bear. You know, like, <laughs> um, how long, when did you start gambling? Oh, um, I think we've talked about this. Uh, I mean, I've wanted to do it my entire life. I like you're like, a kid and you wanted to yeah, be like, yeah. this looks like a blast. All my relatives, my grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins, they all taught me how to gamble. Like gambling's great. <laughs> like they all had problems. And watching The Odd Couple growing up, I was oh, like, I Oscar. can't wait to have a bookie when I grow up. Yeah. So I just thought I've never, huh. I never thought of that before that, Oscar having a bookie would come across as cool to people and that they'd want, I guess you have to be, a, I'm not a gambler, so I don't have that nature. No, but uh, that's interesting. How old is he? Do you know? Oh uh, yeah. He's probably in his fifties, probably. Yeah. Right. So yeah. he did. He's, he's an OG watcher. Yes, I, watcher. Yeah. I think he's a PIX 11 o'clock yeah. watcher. He's from um, the area. I think there was, you know, I was not motivated to be, to gamble, but I, I think I, rem- yeah, I like, there seemed to be some, Thing kind of cool and romantic about him but the idea of a bookie which i learned about from the show and um it's funny he's taking klugman of course was a compulsive gambler in real life so he's kind of taking after him but i love how he just dropped the goldilocks and Baby yeah Bear that's the first without th- referencing the exactly i remember listening and think he said that i go is that does he know that's from the odd couple or is that i started thinking or oh, is that a reference that the odd couple took from something else and then when he said the odd couple i realized right, it was exactly. obviously yeah yeah uh, and of course, that's one of my favorite lines. I know. I remember that too, thinking about it. All right. So who wrote this uh, quote unquote episode? Was it Bizet? Because you might as well be <laughs> Bizet. George Bizet. <laughs> he wrote a good part of 10 minutes of it, I think. Um, as well as uh, uh, Giacomo Rossini wrote another five minutes of it, as we'll talk about. Um, this uh, is... Uh, written by the same team of writers who wrote the previous musical guest, the J.P. Morgan episode. Uh, and that is Bill Angelos and Buzz Cohen, or Cohan with a K. I, as we mentioned last time, when we did the songwriters, uh, the J.P. Morgan episode, I was struck by how this, the odd couple is like the only sitcom credit for these writers who otherwise almost exclusively wrote variety shows scripts uh include ranging from the carol burnett which is sketch comedy but also like the academy awards and the grammy awards script and then a bunch of musical specials perry i think uh, uh sammy davis jr perry Com- you're about to say perry Como. maybe perry Como, but i don't I'm not I, I may be misremembering that so i don't want to commit to that but um and so oddly so appropriately i guess they kind of we're good people to call on to shoehorn a musical guest (laughs) into an episode. And in both cases, I, they seem to have followed the same strategy, which is to make the female musical guest romantically involved or attracted to Oscar. Oh, that's true. It's an interesting connection. Just that different kind of relationship. Yeah. The prior previously it was two way street. Now it's a one way street. 
All right. So we have an establishing shot of Oscar's office. We see three people walk into the office, Myrna, Oscar, and Phyllis, Oscar's girlfriend from cleanliness is next. Oh Impossible. yeah. Phyllis. Yeah. Now I, we said uh, disappeared. Right? right. And, and I remember, and after that episode, after we posted that episode, I did get some emails saying, Hey, Phyllis is in this episode. And I said, I would mention that last week, which I didn't yeah. do, but it doesn't matter. Cause now here it is again. So we do see Phyllis return. I do believe this is the final appearance. Uh, but clearly she's a foil to allow this storyline to work. I wonder yeah, if course, this storyline right. had not been created, would we ever have seen Phyllis? I've again? seen, yeah. Was this, is this indicative of Phyllis being groomed as a new Nancy or did when they got to this plot where they needed Oscar to have a girlfriend who the, uh, who uh, Jackie could be jealous of uh, they just, rather than introduce a new character, they happen to have one from a few episodes ago. So they're coming in laughing, they're carrying presents, and Oscar's wearing a party hat. Oscar says, oh, it was a great birthday party. So it's his birthday party. Thanks for everything. Now, Phyllis pins a fake newspaper to the bulletin board that says, Oscar celebrates 40th year of sloppiness. Mm. So that means that he is 40 in 1974 which throws a huge wow. monkey wrench into everything mm-hmm. that means during world war ii he was 10 because in 1944 <laughs> well, fair, ranging he was 10. from 8 to 11 in 19 yes but i'm let's i'm just saying though <laughs> final full year of the war 1944 where we yeah. believe he was participating in theater he was 10 years old mm-hmm. also in the 1950s when he was living in an apartment and looked 50 because that's what uh, uh, Jack Klugman yes. was. He yeah. was in his 20s. Right. <laughs> so I don't understand why they couldn't just say 50. Well, does it make him does it make the character seem too old? I th- I'm sure that was a concern of their of the networks at some point. Um, and I mean, this is like the first time they've committed to an age for either of them to be yes. honest, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure I don't know why would they do it? You know, it's like they had gone this far keeping it vague letting the audience imagine but they clearly had these world war ii era references um and uh, they just try to get away with the without but why violent light well this is like a forced error right <laughs> to to just blast 40 right there and say that and i believe it's the only i'll be surprised if there's another one but i believe it's the only time either of them are a are dated that specifically um a lot of odd implications of it including that i to be fair, I'd say Oscar, unless we come up against it later, I don't think Oscar's ever very specifically located in a World War II battle zone. The way that Felix, we see in a flashback with Pat Morita, and Felix talks about Anzio, and Felix talks about uh, you know being in the war against Hitler and writing that song about Hitler. Um, so if we take the 40 things seriously, that means Felix is 10 years older than Oscar. Are you, wait, are you, I understand what you're saying there. Are you saying that we never don't, at some point we do hear that Oscar says he's in world war two. No, I'm not. I will stand gladly stand corrected from, from other fans out there, but I, I think it's vague. I think there's like the, you know, him being, uh, his last physical from Dr. Hashimura in the army yeah. implies that he's stationed in Japan, but clearly he has a Japanese doctor who's not his enemy. Uh, I don't know. They're all the, I, I just not as specific. It feels not as specific as Felix. Oscar always seems to have an out that he's just in the army. Uh, and of course, what about, this, well, we haven't uh, gotten there Madison yet. Madison scene is but not during the war. So in the Richard Dawson episode to come. Uh, well, that's Felix. No. No, Felix, Felix says fat, Richard Dawson fat because of the war. But I, I feel like Oscar, didn't Oscar right, and, we'll, and him we'll, know? Okay. We'll have to get to that. I, all right. But you're not saying. My right. theory is that Oscar's, that the writers never specifically committed but, to having Oscar in World War II. I could be wrong. All right. But, but so just, but just granting that for a moment, it, Jack Klugman, doesn't look a day under 50. <laughs> exactly. In this episode, and right. never has. And he's 52. And we're in season four. And also, we're in season four. when we get to the father's episode, and Oscar is again 10 yes. in the prohibition. Oh, 
Right. That's, that's the, another that problem. That is the main problem. Yeah, yeah. right. So, uh, and Lawrence clearly said that he and Felix are the same age. So it, yes, exactly. So I, I agree. Why mention this? And if, and why not say 50 and where if Felix, if Tony Rowell and Jack Klugman were so involved in the show, either Jack Klugman's ego got in the way and he wanted yes. to say 40 right. Right. or they completely didn't pay attention at all to these things, right. which is what we believe is true. They didn't really care or didn't. It wasn't but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if as an actor, he if, if if the script originally said 50, I wouldn't be surprised if he said, I, I don't want to be 50. Right. All right. He's so got another series to do. He's got Quincy to do. Yeah, I don't think he knew that at the time. Myrna says, Shortly after. those typesetters really know how to throw a wild bash. You know how, you know, one of them printed a dirty word on my wrist, which Oscar laughs at. Felix says, yeah, Phyllis says, not Felix. Phyllis says, yeah, and they made a great headline for Oscar. Oscar celebrates 40th year of sloppiness. And we see a New York Chronicle masthead, which I don't know if we've actually seen a, a really, they did he a good job. for the Chronicle. He works, works for the... Uh, He's always worked for the New York Herald. Oh, Herald. Well, I guess they don't have to have their newspaper be the right. masthead. But, but you're, you're right. sure it said Chronicle. Oh, absolutely. And right. there is no New York. I looked up. I don't think there was a yeah. New York Chronicle. So maybe this is just another continuity error where they mentioned Herald and now they say Chronicle because the prop guy didn't know what to say because <laughs> no one gave him direction. Right. Oscar says that's very funny. Very funny. Felix. Phyllis. Jeez, I keep saying Felix. Phyllis says, listen, I got to get to my desk. And makes a hand gesture to outside Oscar's office. So this implies, and it's even more implied later, that she works, works at the New York at the Herald. We yeah. didn't know that before, right? No, that no. was that would have been a convenient thing to mention. Yes, like in the way right. he's dating her and he, how he met her at the office. It but also I, implies some kind of messy uh, issue when they're not apparently dating anymore. <laughs> exactly right, and it's obviously another convenient thing to have her work there so that yeah. Jackie can the whole thing with Jackie. Maybe he Oscar got Phyllis a job there once uh, she you know once that's they really that would up. be worse. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not good. Hire uh, my girlfriend. So Oscar says, oh thanks for the shirt. It really is terrific. Phyllis says you're welcome. What happened to the one you wore to work today? Oscar says, I have un have it underneath. Here it is. So he opens up the white shirt Phyllis gave him. Now, first of all, Phyllis almost stopped dating him because he's sloppy. And she gives a <laughs> sloppy man a, yes. a white shirt that has, first of all, giving a sloppy man a white shirt is dumb. <laughs> and if you're going to give your boyfriend a gift, don't you want to have some color in the shirt? Why give him just a bland white shirt? That's like a bad gift. That's an uninspired, boring gift. Uh, it is a uh, pretty, you know, it's funny. It's not mentioned. There's no dialogue about the color of the shirt. So no, you see mostly, it, but there's, but, but it's a costume. It's a costuming choice to make it white. I don't think. Oh, uh, well, okay. Well, yeah, but you're all right. Fine. Yeah. You're talking, you're saying that there's a shirt and they just give him a white shirt. I'm, I'm pretending this is what's going to happen. Yes. Because right. Gonna happen. But I'm pretending, I'm of course, you're pretending I'm saying. talking. This is the, this is in the real, in the show. We're <laughs> supposed to believe Phyllis gave him a white shirt. Uh, right, we right, can't right. believe the things in the yes. show. We can't talk yes. about the show. So Phyllis is a bad gift giver is what I'm saying. Add that to the list of problems. Yes. yes. Uh, and then in he that sweet, relationship, he takes Problem, off the white it's shirt. A, it's a troubled relationship. He takes off the white shirt and underneath it is a blue shirt. And Phyllis says, oh, Oscar. Oscar says, don't forget, Phyllis, tomorrow night we're really going to celebrate my birthday, right? And Phyllis says, okay. Oscar says, bye-bye, honey. Now, I don't know if you looked at the. Did you watch this episode on your phone again? Uh, on my Kindle. Okay. So uh, Kindle. A little better. Review. All right. So Oscar goes to kiss Phyllis on the lips, and she just walks out and says goodbye to Myrna oh, and ignores the kiss. So either... The actress didn't want to kiss Jack Klugman. <laughs> or well, why not? He's a strapping young man of 40. <laughs> or she didn't know he was going to do that. And it was improv and she just misread it or she forgot that that was going to happen. But it was odd because mm. if you if it's not the actress's fault, right. then the character, the other option is the character doesn't want PDA in the office. Right. Well, that's if you want to really go with the whole their office, they, they work together thing, then that is an interpretation. We have noticed other blocking, strange blocking mistakes, you know, especially uh, with Jack before, Klugman. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I think he leaned in because it felt right at the moment and she just didn't want to or didn't even realize it was but happening. But the plot needs to get Phyllis out of there. So that's the direction. Right. Clearly you're trying to get her out of there. Yeah. Uh, so Myrna says, I got to take this down to the copy room. She's got some papers in her hand. She leaves. Oscar says, good, let's get back to work here, huh? As Myrna leaves, she says to hi to another woman who enters the office holding a cake. She says hi to Oscar, and he says hi, Jackie. Jackie says, I made this cake for your birthday. I didn't want to come to the party. You know I don't like crowds. Oscar says, you shouldn't have gone to that trouble. And Jackie says, it's no trouble. It's my recipe in the column today, except for the happy birthday, Oscar, that I added. She's a big smile at the end when she says this, and clearly we already know she has a thing for Oscar. Oscar says thank you and gives her a kiss on the kiss on the cheek. Oscar says, I love you. I know you're shy. There's nobody around. Why don't you sing for me? And here's our first clip of singing. For he's a jolly good fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow. For he's a jolly good fellow. Which nobody can deny. Someone's here to see you. No, it's all right. Don't go, see Jackie. Who is that girl? It's Jackie Hart. She writes the dining out with Jackie Collins. Listen, uh, what, what a voice. Yeah, I know. What's in the back of that? If we had her in my opera club, we could do Carmen. Oh, no, no. She won't sing in public. She's shy. She tried it once and she froze. She'll never do it again. You brought me a little present, right? I don't care if she's shy or not. She's my Carmen. Yeah, you're my best friend, so what happened to the present? You <laughs> So at the end, he goes to take the newspaper off the bulletin board. It's wet still. He gets ink on his hands and he wipes his hands on his white shirt. On his white shirt. Get it? Now, there's a piece of dialogue I didn't even realize, according to closed captioning. When he takes the newspaper off the bulletin board, he says... This is kid stuff here with a stink. <laughs> um, I, okay, I think I think we've noticed the captioning can sometimes get the transcription wrong. I looked so actually, uh, I went to look up. There's a website where all the scripts are published, right? right. And unless they're getting it from the DVD as well, it also Which said could with, be. with a stink. Yeah, I um, I, I think he, this is all kind of mumbled. It's like sotto voce, you know, he's kind of like mumbling as he's doing this business with the paper and he wants to look busy so that the ink can be a surprise. But what I heard just listening now to the clip, I, I it did sound like kids stuff, but I, oh, it could be kits stuff like someone. Named oh, Kit maybe with or, the ink. Maybe he says with the but ink. He said ink. It's definitely not stink. stink. OK, ink. that makes sense. And this I think he's trying he's to say something about the ink to draw attention. I to see. The ink. OK, that makes more sense. Gag. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Jackie is played by Marilyn Horn, who, by the way, does not get applause when she walks in because nobody knows who she is, because <laughs> this is Tony Randall's erudite crapo yes. of bringing people opera to a set of audiences who mm. don't know that any of these people are famous, just like the last two opera singers got no uh, Wait, applause. There were two. Op- no, there was an opera singer and a ballet. Ballet. Dancer. Neither of the. Right. neither of the nonsense that tony randall brought to the show got applause <laughs> well well all three of these people must be said were big stars at yes. lincoln center i, I um, know that i am about york to city go Opera through that yes and new york city ballet I'm, uh but so not in a los angeles television studio Meryl, so she was awarded the kennedy center national medal of arts in 1995 she's won four grammys she sang in the choir in her teens went to usc where she studied music she dubbed over Dorothy Dandridge's singing in Carmen Miranda, which is based on Carmen, which is the opera that happens at the end um, of the episode. Ted, yes, yes, Ted, yes. You said Carmen Miranda, but you mean Carmen Jones. Oh, you know what? I must have Carmen written... Miranda was another singer. Yes, a car... right. I must have so <laughs> and... seen Carmen Jones and thought Carmen yes, Miranda yeah. wrote it down. Car... Wasn't... <laughs> Did we have now, Carmen Car... Miranda in another episode here somewhere uh, carmen miranda yes i think her name was referenced because she was a sang all these kind of kitschy caribbean songs or less south america right. south carmen america, jones being the famous one carmen jones which was the all black yes. american version of carmen and dorothy and right and dorothy dandridge 
who died young, right? Uh, that was a big deal for. It, but uh, Marilyn Horn dubbed the singing. For now, that, for basically, uh, would be the Carmen. Harvey Stravinsky recognized her. Did I say that right? Harvey Stravinsky. Harvey? <laughs> oh wait, Igor. I meant Igor. Sorry, <laughs> Igor Stravinsky. Bernie. I think you mean Bernie. <laughs> recognized her singing, invited her to perform in Venice with him in 1956. She sang a lot with Dame Joan Sutherland. She had lots of recordings on musicals, including Pharaoh Drum Song and King and I. And she performed a lot at the New York City Met. She retired in 1999 and is still with us. So she, we'll put her on the hey. guest list. Well, actually, well, maybe, maybe not we after won't. after what you're saying about right. this episode. I don't think of my, if she, I'm I'll, sure she I'll do a, I'll do a one-on-one. Okay, you do this one. I'm a big fan. Uh, all right. So anything you want to say about Marilyn Horn? Uh, I'll say, you know, uh, as we go along. I mean, about her um, place in cultural history, uh, anything. You don't have to. Was, I'm just, you know, uh, yes, I will. I okay. To, uh, she <laughs> is certainly as her uh i think she i i get the feeling she was a bigger star even than dick fredericks in the in the new york no. world bigger yeah. star than richard even, even bigger than dick richard she's fredericks. a biggie biggie as we will hear um yeah uh but she was kind of like a, a one of the first american opera stars not first ever but certainly a, 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 to go on the world stage a lot and a, to have a world reputation and so, uh, which was uh, already established, but only grew over the years after this. After the credits, Murr comes into the office and says, Mr. M, they want to see you in accounting right away. Oscar says, they want to see me again. Myrna says, they want to see you and the $600 you claimed in lunches. That is $3,338 today. Wait, how much? Thirty three hundred and thirty eight so thousand years. Yeah, three thousand three hundred thirty eight dollars oh. is what six hundred dollars was in lunches in nineteen seventy four. How? But hey, how? I, yeah, how, but I don't. Time, exactly. That's what I was about to say. We yeah. don't know what period of time that they want to. <laughs> because you know expense accounts, Ted, and uh, you know over a year. I'm sure there are a lot. I of, uh, I'm so scared to have an expense account at my work. I rarely <laughs> I spend less than a thousand dollars. I think a year on food. Okay. And that's a ninth, that's in 2021 money. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, he pulls out a, he says, yeah, well, I'm not worried about them this time. Cause I got receipts right here. He pulls out a baseball cap filled with receipts. Myrna offers to help and says, yeah, you can take the shoe, which is a really funny line that actually gets no laughs. <laughs> but uh, because we, do we see the shoe? No, we don't. But we know from another episode, the other from the tax episode that he writes, I think the point is if he has a hat full what of receipts. What is the joke? The joke is he has a hat full of receipts. And so also he has a shoe, shoe full of receipts. That's the joke. See, maybe that's why I didn't get a laugh because it, it, if you didn't get it, then I guess that I, I assumed it was because we saw on the, the, the tax the episode, April episode yeah. that he would write, he would write, had notes like on. I believe a sneaker, I, but certainly on a, on a football or something. I, anyway, I think it's my, I could, be I understand. Wrong. I think you're right. You're I, right. Yeah, I think I'm right. Uh, okay. Felix now walks back in with Jackie and we're going to play another clip. Don't be afraid of me. Tell her to trust me. She seems to be afraid. Of oh me. yeah. Felix is harmless. He just wants to talk to you. I'll be right back. Come on. Don't be embarrassed. Oh, let's see a great big smile. Huh? Yeah, don't you feel better? Sure you do. Miss Hartman, I am the founder and president of a local opera group. Twice a year we put on productions for charity. If you're not doing anything tonight, I'd love it if you'd come meet the group and audition. Will Mr. Madison be there? Mr. Madison likes midget wrestling. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't say Miss Hartman, unless I miss my guess, you were born to be Carmen. Please come meet the group. I wouldn't know anybody there. No, I have to go. You know me. You know Oscar. But you said Oscar doesn't belong. Well, it's his apartment. What have you got to lose? Come on, please. Do I have to sing? You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Oscar will escort you from work. He'll take you in a cab. Won't you take Jackie to the opera meeting tonight? You want to go? All right. <laughs> I knew you would. Thank you. Eight o'clock tonight. Come on, Jackie. Oh, you talked her into it. I'm surprised. I've got the kind of face people trust. I wish you would bring your trusting face down to the accounting department. The guy wouldn't accept my receipts. He says I owe him $600. Listen, you lend it to me? I didn't hear you. Happy birthday. Big surprise. Is it something I can hock? 
I was going to get you some coasters, and then this thing caught my eye. What is this? Toothbrush from Moby Dick? <laughs> it's a lint brush. Don't you love it? <laughs> you see, you take the lint off like this, and then to clean it, you just turn the head around. You mean like this? <laughs> So at the end there, he cleans the lint brush on Felix's coat. Yes, which um, ends up uh, uh, ends up making a mess on Felix's coat. So now we've exterior of fake 1049 Park Avenue. Felix is presiding. Uh, over, <clears throat> Felix is presiding over his opera club, and now I counted fourteen people in that living room. Yeah, a lot. Which is a lot of people, including Murray, which. Did we know who's never been? Part I don't of think the club so. Before. No, and he's not a singer. No, although he does sing a little bit in this episode. Not, sorry, not an opera singer. Right. Not, uh, yes. Oh, he tries but to he sing has, opera. He has sung. A, yeah, he's. Yeah. So it is weird. Uh, one of them, of course, is John Wheeler making his third of four odd couple appearances as an opera singer because he is one in real life. He was Herbert, then he was Henry, and now he's Mister Felsher. Mm-hmm. You're saying he couldn't have been Herbert Felcher? No, he could have Felcher? been, but except before he was referred to by his first name. Now, why would all of a sudden Felix say Mr. Felcher? Oh, good point. Felix says, we'll dispense with the singing of the minutes of the last meeting, which gets a way too big laugh from the audience. <laughs> oh, come on. It's, it's amusing. Amusing? But the laughter keep... is not amusing. The laughter <laughs> is hysterical. Yes. Well, so they, that... they, keep, they keep doing that joke of like they're going to sing everything. So that I can mark an announcement, which is a biggie. Today I, a found, biggie. today I found someone who will be the answer to our musical prayers. Mr. Felsher gets up and says, but I thought our membership was closed. Felix says, Mr. Felsher, if the Mormon Tabernacle Choir took that attitude, they'd still be a quartet. He pushes Felsher. Some kind of Mormon joke, I guess. Well, I think a choir is more than four people, so they didn't accept, or yes. more than is more than 14 people. So I guess it is implying that the Morgan Tabernacle Choir is not only Mormons. Or it's also implying there aren't enough singing Mormons to make a big I choir. thought, I think you're overreading it. I think the point is okay. if they didn't take in more Mormons, they wouldn't be a choir. No, take in non-Mormons. Would but be why, did, why, why non-Mormon? Where are you getting because the non-Mormon? <laughs> the whole point is, is the membership closed or not? Anyway, uh, all right. Anyway. Go ahead. Um, he pushes Felsher down, like he actually physically pushes him yes. back into the couch. Uh, <laughs> he has Os- a bald head and is somewhat st- short stature. So, uh, but he's husky. Yes. Oscar now walks in with Jackie. Felix says, "And I want you to meet Jackie Hartman. Hartman, make her feel at home." They all applaud. Felix says, "Jackie, sit down anywhere she wants." Now she tries to go to the back of the room, but Oscar grabs her, and which is all weird to me, and says, "No, no, no, Jackie, sit here." he puts her in the orange chair, which is in the front of the room across from the couch. So she's kind of like on display after Felix said to her, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Right. So they right. completely make her feel uncomfortable right off the bat, yeah. which is really weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Felix says, um, and of course, you all know Oscar Madison, which he says with a tone of negativity. <laughs> Mr. Felsher says, Ugh, with dis- disdain and oscar <laughs> says "Ugh!" in return back at him but wait a minute wasn't oscar the man who saved the company with his casino night um, well I, I yes you're correct but My, he also insulted mr yes Felcher in his first incarnation which is why he had to get dick fredericks to come sing now you're assuming that <laughs> this is the same character each week, which probably is should make we should assume that to give. Oh, because he that. laughs. This, this, that same. That's Mr. Felcher is the one who sings in Oscar's face. Uh, sings to I Oscar. Know, and Oscar I know. In his face. You're yeah. t- you're saying John Wheeler is playing the same character every yeah. week, which is probably right. But if you go by literally, yeah, yeah, one could pretend <laughs> this is a completely new set of opera right. But you're right; yes. they shouldn't have that much disdain for Oscar at this point. He's not all bad. Uh, Felix says, as you know, every year we plan to put on Carmen, a role, by the way, which is a role Marilyn Horne has played many times, Carmen Jones, or is that Jones is not really part of Carmen, the real opera, Not right? the original Carmen. That's opera. just the Americanized that was, movie that's version. That's kind of the joke, yeah. Well, I finally found someone who absolutely fit the bill. So I moved that as our first prediction production, we put on Bizet's Immortal Carmen. All those in favor signify by singing I. Now, most everyone sings I, but Mr. Felsher sings Abstain. <laughs> Felix uh, 
uh, is about to Felix asks for anyone who's opposed, but Murray jumps up and says point and sings point of order. He sings it with a little bit of opera. <laughs> Yeah. Felix says, what is your point of offer order, Officer Greshor? Now, I just realized this. He says Officer Greshor. So you That's could true. be right that Mr. Felsher being called Mr. Felsher here, maybe Herbert or Henry he's, earlier was he's a, being especially formal right, in front of the big group. Yeah. So so we'll assume that Herbert help Herbert, Henry and Mr. Felsher are obviously all the same person. Uh, Murray says, begging your pardon, miss to Marilyn Horn. I don't want to seem to sound super critical, but Felix, don't you think we ought to hear the little lady sing before we entrust her with such a killer role? Mr. Felsher says, bravo, bravo, thank you, thank you, and he claps. Felix says, I don't think Miss Harmon would mind obliging us with a little cadenza. Now, I didn't know what a cadenza was. I will read the official definition. An improvised or written out ornamental passage played or sung by a soloist or soloist, usually in a free rhythmic style and often allowing virtuosic display. Yeah, I this is a, a rare instance where Tony Randall, as opera buff as he was, may have slipped up because I've never heard the I know what a cadenza is, I've never heard it applied to vocal music. It's always an instrumental, like a piano, oh, piano concerto. And he clearly means aria or some other form of operatic song so um i it's, it's i almost suspect that it's like one of those flub moments that klugman has where he just you know ad libs the wrong word by association in a way but anyway yes you as you saw when you looked up it doesn't quite fit what marilyn horn is i actually to. didn't even notice that because this is just such <laughs> you mean not, the, the definition didn't seem I did not no did yeah, not seem yeah. stretch to me but now that you say it it says soloist or soloist which I guess implies musical and not singing I, I, I would never have thought about that distinction if you're not pointed it out that Felix is why said, I'm on this podcast that's right Felix says sure since she's a member of the group now come on come on we'd all love to hear you now we are going to make the audience listen to the opera because we had to uh, if you want to skip the singing Fast forward four minutes, but now we're going to play this clip of her singing. We'd all love to hear you. Why don't you sing? What do you know? Let's see what we've got. You know Una Voce Poca Of course you do. Una Voce Poca. I have to go to Where are you going? I'm sorry. You know I can't sing in front of strangers. Oh, honey, I wouldn't call these people strangers. Strange, maybe, but not strange. <laughs> I'd like to hear you sing. Belt one out for me, will you? If you want me to, I'll give it a try. Good girl. Come on. You'll munch quietly while she sings. <laughs> Felix. Oh, 
Well, we rehearsed it here. What's the use? The whole thing is a disaster. How could Jackie spend the whole rehearsal in the ladies' room? Yeah. Poor girl was scared to death. People aren't going to pay $3.50 to hear Carmen in the bathroom. Yeah. Even though the acoustics are very good in there. She sang so great here the other night. I know it. I know it. I just... I can't figure it out. Felix, try to think like a detective. Now, I'm trained in deductive reasoning. First, we recreate the scene. Jackie sang here the other night and stood right here. Looked at Oscar right there. And never turned away. Ergo, we can't assume that she can only sing into a kitchen. You know, I don't think that's it. But it fits. Hmm. That's why she stayed in the bathroom. She likes porcelain. <laughs> or maybe she can only sing to Oscar. Well, that's another theory. <laughs> maybe I should put Oscar in the opera. It might work. How do I get Oscar in the opera? I'll appeal to his artistic sense. I'll appeal to a sense of humanity to help Jackie. I'll appeal to our years of friendship. And if that doesn't work, I'll lend him the $600. <laughs> That'll do it. That's one of the few enjoyable moments for me in this episode, the whole Murray thing. And here we go again with Felix needing Oscar in an opera, which may be my least favorite storyline. Right. In both uh, this and the Richard Fredericks one, for very different reasons, Oscar ends up having to go on stage in the opera. Uh, Even more improbably as Rigoletto, which is the lead role in the opera, even if he is not, even if he's only mouthing the words. But in this one, as we'll see, he plays a smaller role. We see exteriors hey, of, yes? Uh, 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 yeah. What? There's more to say. Oh, go ahead. Uh, you well, stopped. First of all, you made it sound like you were done. Um, uh, I know you, I know you, the less you want, we talk about the music, the better for you. But I just want to establish for the record that the aria she sings is uh, Una Voca Poche Fa, which is from uh, the Barber of Seville. Are you familiar? I think even if you don't know opera, I know you the might name. Be familiar yes. with the Barber of Seville, the opera that gave us Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. Yeah. Uh, so that is, you know, through Looney Tunes, one of the most famous operas of all time. And uh, this aria, Una Voce Poco Fa, translated as. Uh, a voice from the past is by Rossini is the composer in Italian. And what I associate it most with, and I'm curious if maybe, you know what I'm talking about or others might get, you know, might know what I mean is in citizen, it's in citizen Kane in a a prominent way. It is when citizen, when Kane marries his second wife, who's an opera, a wannabe opera singer, but a bad singer. Uh, There's this great scene with the music teacher who is, screaming at her and trying to get her to sing this very aria better um so it's uh you can go back and google you can youtube that uh, just that scene and you'll hear the same aria sung not nearly as well as miss horn sings it is that a movie citizen kane yes it's yes, a movie okay k-a-n-e yes. okay got it uh anything more or may, may am i may i move on or do you want to say more about this scene no. Oh, except for afterwards, Murray. I mean, that's, I love the, come on. How can you know? Uh, I uh, said. That sh- the, er- ergo. Yeah. Did you not hear what I said? Again. When the. <laughs> yes. You said that was the. That was the. Yeah. Um, Felix. So now we're in the exterior. Of, we see an exterior of some sort of like Gothic building in New York. Something that I guess is supposed to be a theater. Felix and Oscar are in a rehearsal room. Felix says, now I got to teach you your part. Oscar says, what part? I thought I was just here for Jackie to sing to. Felix says, yeah, but you have to have a reason to be on stage. You have a part. You don't have to sing. You speak two lines. I'm lending you $600. That's $300 a line. By the way, Felix seems to have money at some point, but not other points in his life. It's very weird. He hangs him a piece of paper and says, see your parts underlined. See what it says? 1820 in Seville. You play a Spanish captain. Now, Jackie walks in and Felix says to Oscar that she volunteered to rehearse. He kisses her on the cheek. 
again and says, hi, honey. Hey, I'm the captain. Look out. Felix says, now the captain comes in. He sees the corporal. That's me, Don Jose. And he finds him talking with Carmen. So go over there and come in. And that leads to uh, also a, a good scene. I'll have to admit that we'll play here. Yes. What are you doing? Coming in like you're doing. Is that the way you come in like a captain? Is that the way a captain walks? I don't know. A Spanish captain, captain swaggering braggadocio. He sees the corporal. Aha! And then he walks in. He puts his hand on his hip. Aha! Like that. Hello, corporal. You know, give it the. Here. something she wants, she grabs it. Come on, man. What do you think of our shy Miss Hartman now? So at the end there, Jackie kisses Oscar for like five seconds and he does pull out a pencil that's been broken in two. <laughs> yeah. Very funny. Uh, great scene. Yeah. She goes, uh, and Marilyn Horn is, you know, for someone who's n- not a television actress by trade, I think she, you have to admit she's good. Yes. She's good. In the the, she's not, she's, she's, she's very not, uh, appealing, she's, sympathetic. And... She's the opposite of Billie Jean King. <laughs> okay. Well, I wasn't going to bring up that, but um uh, I, I also get a kick out of with Tony Randall probably being responsible for getting her on the show and being such an opera fan for Tony Randall to pretend to instruct Marilyn Horn how to play Carmen must have been either really fun for him or really awkward um, because she was considered one of the great Carmen. Well, there's so something even more awkward that he that he that the a show does to her later, which I'll get to. Yes. And um, uh, just briefly, the uh, uh, Oscar is role is not in the real opera is a singing has some singing part, I think, Uh, but they must be doing a reduced version of it somehow. Oh, and the line where you heard in the clip uh, Felix saying, uh, put your hand on your hip or else you look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get. He's basically telling him that he looks a bit effeminate, putting yes. his hand too, too high up. We have a new scene. We're back in Oscar's office. Werner walks in across, and Werner walks in, walks across the room, puts a piece of paper on Oscar's desk. He comes in and says, "Any messages for me?" Myrna picks up a cake from her table and says, "Yeah, an angel food cake from Jackie." Oscar says, "You want some?" Myrna says, "No, I can't. I'm on a diet, a low-fat diet. I'm trying to lose some of this low fat." Oscar tears uh, off a where she pats her own behind. Oscar tears off a piece of the cake with his hand. She just puts his hand on top of the cake and grabs a piece off. He eats some of it and says, "This is terrific. I don't like chocolate though." <laughs> now, there's no reason to say that. There is no chocolate yeah. on this cake. Hmm. And hmm. I looked up this in the script as well. I watched this several times. Hmm. Several times you said. Yes, because I can't <laughs> understand why he says that. There's no chocolate in Wait, what and what's next? Does he is so, that the end of the subject? No. Chocolate? So then Myrna says, I know I told her that. Ah, okay. So th- there's a lot of ways this could go. Either there's supposed to be chocolate in the cake that we don't see or are supposed to imagine, or they simply didn't make a cake with chocolate, but the script called for it. And then Myrna tells Jackie she doesn't like chocolate. He doesn't like chocolate, but wouldn't Jackie then not make a chocolate cake for him? 
I think that's exactly what is being told here, that there's a story about that the previous day or she sent whatever, she sent a chocolate cake. And Oscar told Myrna he didn't like chocolate. And Myrna told Jackie. And Jackie, therefore, changed the, you know, made sure never, made sure to make a non-chocolate cake the next time to please Oscar. This is the next time? You're saying. Yeah, this is the next. Well, then, no, that's the problem. If that's true, (laughs) then there's no reason for him to say, I don't like chocolate, though. Right. Uh, uh, Either it's written poorly or Klugman got the line wrong. The line should be something like this is better than that chocolate cake. Okay. Yeah. So something screwed up (laughs) in either one version of the logic. Uh, Oscar says, you know, she brought me something every day for four weeks now since we went into rehearsal. Myrna says, well, you know what they say. Nothing spills loving like something from the oven. Oscar says, what are you talking about? And Myrna says, well, you've been seeing a lot of her these last four weeks, dinners, rehearsals. Oscar says, well, after rehearsal, we are hungry. She knows all the good places to eat. So we go. What is that? And Myrna says, well, that's not what the gossip says. Do you know the secretaries of a pool as to where you're going on your honeymoon? Oscar says, honeymoon? Myrna says, uh-huh. I stand to make $12 if you take her to Coney Island. Think about it. <laughs> Oscar says, is that all you girls have to do? Sit around and gossip and do things like that? And Myrna says, yeah. Oscar says, has Phyllis heard any of this? Has Phyllis heard any of these rumors about Jackie and me? Myrna says, I don't think so. I think she's on a different grapevine since we meet at the Walletter Cooler on this floor. So now this is really more proof that she definitely works at the New York Herald slash Chronicle. Yes. Uh, and then... Oscar says, that's it. I don't want to hear it, all right? Jackie put makes me some cake. That's all there is to it. Myrna says, we'll see what happens. And Phyllis walks in now. And Myrna says, uh-oh. And that leads to this next clip. Uh-oh. Hi, honey. Uh-oh. Is it the time you went home? Days old. Good night. Good night, Miss Sam. Good night, Phyllis. Good night. Oscar, I was just at the water cooler on this floor. Oh, come on. Now, you're not going to believe that gossip, are you? I mean, there's nothing to it. Tomorrow we have the performance and it's all over. You sure? Honest. When I lie to you, sweetheart, come on. Okay. How come you're not rehearsing tonight? Having a technical rehearsal. See, we're free, honey. Come on. (laughs) 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 Okay, I guess I trust you. You have a good time tonight? Oh, Phyllis and I had a ball. Went to the hockey game and everything. You never guess who dropped by? Who? Jackie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She was very upset. What's the matter? Well, she caught you kissing Phyllis in the office. Oh? Well, don't you understand? Jackie's crazy about you. Myrna said the same thing. Now, that's silly. We're just good friends. She doesn't think you're good friends. She was very hurt. She was so upset she didn't want to sing tomorrow night. Because of me? That's a misunderstanding. Well, don't worry about it. I was able to straighten the whole thing out. Good, thanks, buddy. Little Felix had to do some fast thinking. Yeah, what'd you tell her? Wait till you hear the genius of it. I told Jackie you're going to marry her. (laughs) Good. You're upset. I admit, I may have gone too far. I left you now. I also told her that you only had two months to live. But I covered everything. I told her Phyllis was your nurse. You know why Phyllis was kissing you? She was thanking you for willing your body to her medical school. You see, that way I lent credibility to the whole thing. Jackie's back in her office now, typing up three weeks of college, so she'll have time off for the honeymoon. <laughs> things around here. I wanted it to be nice when you came in. That's terrific. Jackie, I'd like to talk to you for a second. Sit down, will you? Felix already told me. Yeah, that's what I want to talk to you about. Jackie, I... I got some good news and I got some bad news. Oh? 
The good news is, I'm not going to die. Oh, that's wonderful. What's the bad news? I'm not going to die. <laughs> I don't understand. But, Jacey, Felix was so excited about your success and the start of a new career and everything. We all were. We all are. And he got a little carried away. How far away? Fantasy land. <laughs> See, Jackie, I mean, I never knew how you felt about me. I mean, I'm very flattered, but by now I'm kind of tied up with Phyllis. And... You mean Felix made up everything? Why? Well, he was so excited about your career, and also he's a lunatic. And... <laughs> Look, honey, I know you're hurt. Listen, if Felix and I hadn't tried to take you out of your shell, you would never have gotten hurt. I mean, you could have stayed in your safe little cubicle down there, and none of this would have happened. That's right. Yeah, but hey, Jackie, you could get very lonely in that cubicle. Sometimes you gotta take a chance on getting hurt. I mean, you gotta if you wanna have a little fun. Jackie, you got such a great gift, you gotta share it. I can't do it without you. That's a cop-out, Jackie. It is a cop-out. I mean, you're looking for somebody to give you confidence. I can't do that. Nobody can. You gotta find it yourself. I can't. Sure you can. No. Well, who are you gonna be hurting if you don't know the opera? You know, you're not gonna be hurting me. You're gonna be hurting you. Felix is the one who's got two months to live. <laughs> okay, so Tony Randall hires Marilyn Horn to be on his show mm-hmm. and makes her a stupid moronic person. <laughs> what this, do you mean? Ted? This Jackie believes that Oscar's got two months to live and is going to marry her and take her on a honeymoon because Felix tells her. Right. She clearly <laughs> believes it. So this person is a moron, a gullible moron. And that's the character that Tony um, Randall said, okay, you can come on my show and just be a real dope. Well, I hate this episode because of mainly <laughs> this part of the scene that she believes these things that he tells her. Uh, it is stretching things a bit. And you're not even mentioning how he tells her that Phyllis, a woman she works with at the New York Herald Chronicle, uh, is actually a nurse. Oh, right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. <laughs> so that woman that you thought worked there, she doesn't even, not only not Oscar's girlfriend, she doesn't even work there. So, and um, she doesn't even seem that devastated that Oscar's going to die in two points. She, two right. months. she says, how are right. you feeling? She's going ahead with the wedding. Yeah. Right. So, and what, what does Felix expect Oscar to do in two months? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to disappear on, on uh, Jackie somehow. Um, so, okay. I, uh, it, it is even for Felix, uh, uh, just as Felix says, went a bit too far. Well, it's not um, Felix's problem. It's Jackie's yes. problem. Okay, well, I agree that the character is too dumb to believe it, but uh, but Felix is so outrageous to suggest it. And but for me, I gotta say, it's almost worth it just for the line. The bad news is I'm not gonna die. <laughs> um, there's ways to get to this yes. comp- this speech about how she doesn't like her without having gone this route. <laughs> Yes, there are. And let's just say that Klugman has a very fine little acting moment, uh, on, which he hasn't had like this for quite a few episodes, like a very uh, uh, serious, sincere, very quiet little speech to her uh, that he's so good at. All right. So now we're back at the opera club. Everyone's in costume backstage, which is, tells me I'm now going to be bored. Felix says, I can't hold the curtain any longer. I may have to call off the performance. Murray says, okay. Felix snaps at him and says, what do you mean, okay? I don't want to call the performance off. I want to give a performance. Mr. Felsher says, but you can't do Carmen without Carmen. Murray says, hey, Felix, maybe I'll get my uke and get out there and I'll do my Hawaiian bit. Then he makes, bye, a, bye, yeah, bye, he makes that ukulele Which he's done noise. before, remember? He that, with, oh, when his cousin, when his cousin, yeah, Abigail comes into to audition Mur, or Myrna. Uh, <laughs> and so we'll pick up. So now we're going to play just because I don't know what else to do. The last five minutes of the show, which is her singing something from 
Carmen. Yeah, kind of like the main aria from Carmen. Uh, So I guess opera fans rejoice and everyone else maybe skip ahead. But also, well, wait, and then sings people who are people from Funny Girl. You mean you're going right into that? Well, yeah, that's the that's the tag. So I'm just going to play the whole clip. I don't really want to stop. So wash the dishes, people, uh, whatever. Or if you enjoy look, I recognize (laughs) that some people watch The Odd Couple or listen to this podcast may like opera, may enjoy this episode. Or may like the people song. Right. And they may like this episode. So I know that just because I don't like it, I don't expect everyone to dislike it. So if you want to listen, listen. If not, skip ahead about five minutes and 20 seconds. And then you come back for our conclusions i wonder if you can guess what we think of the episode <laughs> the shocking conclusion stop it stop that where is she she didn't show up huh would i be standing here with this expression on my face if she showed up i don't know what to do we've got a sold out house we've got influential people out there my aunt from cleveland think think what do i do i know i'll do carmen myself I know the part. I can do it. Is he going crazy? I know it. I know it. I'm going crazy. I can't do Carmen. Mr. Felcher can do Carmen. The costume will fit him. Felcher, put on lipstick. Here she comes. Felcher, don't be a nut. I knew you'd come. I needed time to think things over. You were absolutely right. There's no reason why I shouldn't have confidence in myself. I bake a good cake. You should do. Let's go, Oscar. Get into your costume. Don't rush me. First, we'll go over a few things with the pianist. I already did. Now we'll do it right. Oh. And we'll use my walk. Okay. And one more thing, Skinny. If ever you go thump, thump, thump in my face again, I'll give you a fat lip. Saved our performance. What can I do for you? You know the best thing you can do for Jackie? Nothing. You know what you can do for me? Honey, sing a song in which I understand the words. Oh, sure. Oh, 
right. So I do not like this episode. It's way too much singing. I do not like Madeline Horn is a good actress. I, I, I grant that her, she is good at playing this person. She is believable as an actress. And I give her credit for her talent. This is not about Marilyn Horn, the talented person. She clearly is a well-renowned singer. That's on display here. And she's actually good at acting. What I don't like about it is that I'm, I'm just talking about me now. I'm not going to say we. I'm forced. If I wanted to watch opera or simply sing people who are people, I would not watch The Odd Couple. And once again, this wastes <laughs> one of the episodes of The Odd Couple because in my view, we only get four seasons worth. I don't count season one. So of those four seasons, there's about six, eight episodes, 10 episodes that are wasted where there could have been something better. And so I don't like this. I don't like having seven and a half minutes of singing. I don't like that this character is so stupid. I don't like the way she's interested. I, she's, I don't like her hair, honestly, the hairstyles. <laughs> is annoying and i find her 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 mousiness and then she's interested in oscar but then she's not mousy and then she at the end she you know she tells felix or he's you know where to step off to use a seinfeld reference i i just find the character annoying not marilyn horn annoying Mm -hmm. i find the character the way she's written annoying Mm -hmm. and the whole thing about felix telling her the whole story we said earlier is just annoying so i I give it one and a half stars. The only reason it doesn't get lower is there are a few moments of interesting stuff. And also when I compare it to the Frederick's episode, that was so much worse Mm. that I feel like I have to not, I don't, I think I gave that a one. I don't remember, but I feel like one and a half is like. You're saying it is a little better than that. It's much better than that one. Cause that one, that whole stuff with Oscar and as the, as the, hunchback right he was some sort of hunchback yes yes, yes. Was, was worse and frederick's yeah, was yeah. that storyline was yeah. somehow worse There's, there were no i feel like there were no laughs in that one there are like three moments here the the murray uh the bad detectives the stuff where felix shows oscar how to you know walk in like a captain mm-hmm. and maybe it's two are, are like <laughs> Uh, you know, diverting. Okay. Well, I like it a little more. Um, I do. I'm not a Tony Randall level opera buff, but uh, I do partake. Uh, I enjoy Marilyn Horn's acting performance and her singing. Uh, she has a beautiful voice. It is surprising though, as you mentioned, you said seven. It's probably even, I, I, did you time how much? No, is taken I up did. I just, it, it could be half the, almost half the running time. I mean, the Carmen aria yeah, goes on like five, good five minutes. Uh, and then she sings people, the whole song. And then she sings uh, a, an entire aria in the apartment. So it's like uh, only half the episode or so is dialogue. Um, and it, I don't think that was, uh, certainly was not necessary for her to sing people at the end, which by the way, funny, that doesn't get cut. Well, copy, I think, right? well, my belief, it, it seems to me that Paramount realized if they want this episode to exist, they have to go yeah. and pay out. Well, the, the opera would be, all the opera music would be public domain. So, okay. So then they have to pay for people who needs people. Yeah. But you know, no one would, I would not miss the tag on this. Um, I know, but then you have like a really short episode, which I think it would be, I guess they could. That's true. You're, you got a good point that, well, we'll see what happens in later episodes. They've, they're easy. It's much easier to cut like a 10 second. uh, Right. Yeah. I think they chose, they, there are some episodes they realized we have to to pay, they have to pony up and do the work. So, yeah, I'm sure Marilyn, for Marilyn Horn, it was important to sing something non-opera to expose her to a bigger audience. So why did it have to be yeah. that song? I don't like that song. <laughs> Very popular I, I 70s guess song. I was. I'm sure. It's, I think there are people who love it today. I just, I like, I want. Who no, love so, the Why song you people. sing? Okay. I wish you, why not sing Happy and Peppy and Bursting with Love? Do a cover of that. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Um, so uh, I do think they, okay, she, that the, the whole plot line of the, the stupid lie that Felix gets her to believe is stretches it too far. If it weren't for that, I would say that it actually, the script does a fair job integrating her into the, 
into the series, into the show. Uh, we have a, a nice, rom you know, romantic tension subplot, jealousy subplot, unrequited love. That's what I meant to say. This, uh, plot going on, and um, I give it three stars, three Murrays. Yeah, I um, meant if I said one and a half stars, I meant to say one yeah, and a half Murrays. Yeah, I'm sorry, we, we're forgetting our trademark. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, by I, the way, Felix's little opera company, you know, it seems to be getting more and more ambitious. There's like uh, on stage, uh, like at least 10 guys she's singing to. Um, and I always, I guess I always wonder like, how does he do these operas on such, you know, a shoestring budget? And I think in Rigoletto, they said they do highlights from it. And I understand if he does that, but by the way, Carmen, not to a spoiler alert, Ted, uh, uh, Felix's character kills Carmen at the end, stabs yeah. her with a knife. Uh -huh. It's a very intense opera. You don't just do like, you know, uh, on the cheap. So, um, what does anyway, stabbing well, have to do with being expensive? Just, well, I mean, I just like, I was imagining what, list, watching her do the aria. Like, how would Felix be doing the rest of the opera on, in this little company? You know? Yeah, the, right. It's, uh, I mean, also, I mean, it's very dark stuff. You know, it's very intense emotionally. The other he thing, would have to stab Jackie on stage. <laughs> I want to see, what I'm saying is I wish they did that scene. I wish that we could see Felix play that scene with her. The other thing that did uh, bugs me also still is the 40th birthday, the unnecessary. Oh, that really is a forced there. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have some feedback or uh, comments, or if you love this episode and want to tell us why, you can email us at ten, email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. As you know, Garrett, I have a rule. If I don't like the episode, I do not give a quote from the episode at the end of the episode. And that's where I am now. So I'm simply going to say goodnight and let you give a quote if you'd like to. Felix, I mean, sorry, Ted. <laughs> you can't even do it right. <laughs> All right, this is a challenge to see if you can get this one. Okay. Come back here and stop being a nut. That's in this episode? <laughs> Mr. Felsher. Don't be, oh, sorry. Oh. I think the line is don't be a nut, Felsher. After oh. he sell, tells Felsher to go get, put the dress on, put, a, put on a dress and lipstick. Right. And then when we, Jackie shows up, says, Felsher, we just, come back yes, we just, we just played that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good night, everybody. Good night.